everyone and welcome to designated reports boxing podcast this is episode 16 we are your hosts louis and gene gene what's good brother how you feeling what's good what's good another week man another solid week in the books yeah i know it's crazy man think about this covid shit like it's been a year now man yo the, that was the fastest year of my life man the fastest and the longest yo <laughs> yo facts facts but you know what what came from this is this podcast man and we're on episode 16 so there's been some good things from it, right? So let's get right into it. A lot of talk to talk about. Obviously, we had a big fight this weekend. Mm. Um, Anello Alvarez, the pound for pound, number one dude in the sport. Um, there's not really much to talk about in terms of the fight. The guy retired himself on after the third round, basically he didn't even show up. So there's not really much to talk about there. Uh, but obviously with Canelo, there's a lot to talk about with him. Specifically, is he too good right now for the competition in his division around his weight? I'm going to let you start off because I know I have my opinion. What do you think? Oh, man, this was the most disappointing fight that I've seen in a while. This fight literally got me upset, bro. This fight got me upset. Understandable. Right? Understandable. Like, Adrian Broner fought the week before, but you already know what you're getting from AB, right? You know what you're getting. A pretty boring fight he's not going to throw. This motherfucker ain't even want to fight. He got paid $2.5 million. I swear you and I could have done the same shit that he did. And well, I think that... I'll take an ass whooping for 2.5, <laughs> right? And that's exactly what it was. He said, okay, this is going to be my biggest payday. <laughs> and I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get that bag. And because here's the thing. He was actually Canelo's sparring partner for some time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they know they know each other. And he probably knew. He wasn't letting his hands go because he knew Canelo was going to counter his ass. It doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, he got the bag. Yeah. And his corner got the bag. And they was like, all right, you're done. Time to go home. Let's pop some bottles. Look, that's exactly what happened. But going back to that question that you asked, I think is is 50-50. Canelo is that good because yeah. he's fighting everyone. Like, Cullum Smith was a total mismatch for him, and he dominated him, right? And at, at this stage in the game, there are good fighters, but enough with the bullshit about mandatories. That, that, that's, that, that's the real cuss of the conversation, right? I'm just tired of the mandatories because you'll end up getting fights like this right? right so he so, is that good yeah no he is that good and i don't think it's realistic for him to fight sexy fights every fight so the thing that i like what he's doing he's staying active until it's time to get active that's fact. You know i mean he's staying in shape he's staying ready so that's what i like about from what his side is now in terms of um what you brought up as far as the mandatory is the mandatory is not bad for boxing what's bad for boxing is there's always exceptions to the rule, meaning there's always a way to get out of the mandatory. Because I believe at one point, I think one of the Charlo brothers could have been, it was his mandatory. Mm -hmm. He didn't take that fight. You see what I'm saying? So what, in, in what aspect or in what situations is the mandatory actually the mandatory, right? We, we obviously know about step aside money as well. Mm -hmm. So I think the issue is that if you're going to have mandatories, that's exactly what they have to be mandatory you but know the what thing I mean? is, from what i've read 
the whole point of the mandatory is to keep the, the fighter active, sort of say, right? And these sanctioning committees like the WBO, they get paid out their ass when these fighters are fighting because these boxing fees, right? So it yep. doesn't end up being the best of matches that we want to see. Because if a fighter is fighting two or three times a year, that's not a lot. Right? Let's, let, let's keep it a stack. Three fights in a whole year and two of them are duds and you have one big fight at the end of the year or sometimes in May. So with the fans' perspective, I'm not happy uh, that he had to fight this type of fighter because the results were there. You know, it wasn't a fight. It was boring. The, the man didn't even show up. So how do we go about kind of fixing this situation about the mandatory? Or is it one of these things that don't even put all your eggs in a basket? It is what it is. Well, I think one of the things that's kind of, and I think Canelo actually said this, I think there might be too many belts oh, in every division, right. right? I think maybe two max, but there's four. And now there's something called the franchise champion, and which is like a paper champion. And so now you're going to have four different mandatories. And then, like I said, what actually constitute them to be mandatory in the fact that you cannot have another fight without seeing this guy, right? So I think to your point that, you know, ideally it is a good situation, but they don't follow the rule. There's too many exceptions. You know what I mean? It's like wrestling. It's like, yo, you got the Intercontinental Champion, the U.S. <laughs> champion, right, the yeah. WCW title belt, the tag team champion. This shit don't make no sense, bro. It, yeah, it really and, and that's really the organization is trying to be a part of the big fights and like you said, like getting those sanctioned fees and uh, obviously getting the bag. Okay, but, but real quick, common sense would say, if you allow the fighter to make bigger fighters, your fees, you'll get a bigger cut. I mean, that's facts. I think that the thing is that you could never really tell with boxing is, is whether it's a pay-per-view fight or, or the gate, you know, what that number is really, really gonna be. I mean, obviously with a guy like Canelo specifically, he's probably gonna sell out every time he fights. People are going to tune in, you know, obviously uh, to pay-per-view, but you don't know what the number is actually going to be, right? So, and, and then for those fights, if there's only two of those fights a year, not every one of those promoters or sanctioning bodies is actually going to be able to get involved. So, I mean, those are great points. All right, so now talking about the bag and mandatories and money and all that, it's a perfect segue mm -hmm. into the next topic. And Teofimo Lopez mm -hmm. has made a, what I consider like a power move, almost making an independent move, Basically getting um, his fight with whoever his mandatory is, right, mm -hmm. from Australia, went to a purse bid because they couldn't agree on, on, on the purse. And Thriller, the, the um, organization that threw the Roy Jones-Mike Tyson joint, actually outbid everyone up to $6 million. Mm -hmm. Now, when we first had this conversation of Thrill, we thought it was going to be something separate from actual professional fighters. Yeah, yeah. But now they just stole the best fighter from top rank. And now that's a game changer. Do you think these guys are going to be players in boxing now? Hell yes. I think the Mike Tyson event went so well that they probably went back to the drawing board and said, yo, let's, let, let's do this for real. Let's get out of the niche category of celebrity boxing, right? Point. Right. Let, let, let's get into some real fighters because at the end of the day, these fighters want to get paid, right? They, they saw, they saw what, you know, a YouTube star was able to make and dude, get. It was a trending topic for two days. Longer than two days. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and people don't know, like, like Triller has the bag, right? They're up there with like TikTok. They have the funds to do this. So it just changes the whole landscape of boxing when you look at it. And again, like I've been saying for the past six to seven months that we've been doing this podcast, 
right? The the power lies within the athlete, and this just right. proved it. And that's one of the things that we have to commend Teofimo Lopez uh, for doing because he said, look, I'll stay with you, but you got to pay me what I'm worth. And Bob Aaron was like, yeah, you're worth, what, $1.62 million? And he was like, okay, I'm going to go out and see what the free market says I'm worth. Yeah. Now, talking about Bob Aaron, it, do we, does boxing have a Bob Aaron problem? Hell yeah. You, you know they do. Big facts. You know, you know they do, right? Let me ask you a question. We, we probably going to have to ask an older uh, boxer or uh, boxing fan, was this the same situation with Don King? Were they always these issues with Don King? Because I don't remember. Well, look, oh, 100%. Like, Don King got, actually got blackballed outside of the, uh, the industry. Like, you don't see him throwing any shows or, or having any fighters. You well, know, there's, there's a yeah. reason for that, the way he did business, right? Um, but if you go down the list of great fighters and the tumultuous relationship that they can have with their promoters, Muhammad Ali, Floyd Mayweather, Andre Ward, the list goes on. At some point, these fighters realize that I'm not getting all that I can get. And if we go to Floyd Mayweather, he's with the one guy um, that basically said, you know what, I'm going to take the middleman out and I'm going to pay myself. And we're seeing more and more fighters do that. Now, what Thriller's doing is basically they're interrupting. They're almost like an Uber to like yellow cabs, right? Like they're creating, they're being disruptive in this business. And if they get more fighters to come, then you could kind of see the death of the promoter, which yeah. would, I don't think it would be bad for boxing. Well, the thing with Bob Arum, he's the common denominator in everything, right? He did it with Oscar De La Hoya. He did it with Floyd Mayweather. He's doing it with Terrence Tim Crawford. All right. Think about this point right here. With all the shady business that he's done in the past, right? How much money did he leave on the table when his top fighters end up leaving him, right? Look at the second half of Floyd Mayweather's career. If him and Bob Arum's relationship was solid, Bob would have made probably an extra minimum $100 million. Because that ego, because after after that, it was the Oscar De La Hoya fight, it was the Canelo fight, the Manny Pacquiao fight, that all should have went to Bob. Right. But he's the common denominator in all these scenarios that keep on happening with his top boxer, which now the ball is in Terrence Crawford's corner. Right. You see what Teofima just did. Mm-hmm. Right. And Bob Arum's been wild disrespectful to you. So what are you going to do now? If I was him, I'll get up, go look for go look for the bag like Teofimo did. Nah, that's big facts. So we'll, we'll have, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, like I said, man, you got to commend the young dude at 23 who off the biggest win of his career said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm investing in myself hundred percent. So I uh, love that from the young fighter. All right. Now, speaking about some other young fighters, a guy that Teofimo uh, beat in Vasil Lomachenko and our boy, the guy that we like, you know, in terms of talent and where he's at in his career right now, Devin Haney, they've been t- trash talking and there's some rumors that they can actually, you know, potentially get down this year. What do you think about that matchup? And what do you think, what, how, what do you like about them two potentially wanting to get at each other? This one came out of left field. It really did. Yeah, this was the matchup that I didn't even puzzle in together. Because every time I, I think about Devin Haney, it's always him versus Ryan Garcia or Tank. And every time I've been thinking about Loma, is, is he going to go back down to 130, maybe stay at 135? Or is he going to try to force his way to get a rematch? So when those two started drawing at each other, on, uh, on Twitter, it totally caught me out of left field. And think about it, that fight kind of makes a lot of sense of where they're at in their careers, right? Devin Haney needs that big, solid win 
to solidify his resume. And we got to see if, if Loma still has it, right? Yep. If, that, if that loss was just an aberration in his, in, in his record or has time passed him by. So right. why not do it? Because they're not going to get the guys they really want right now. Yeah, and I think you brought up, you know, all great points, and I think they're probably looking at that as well. Um, look, do I think that it might be just a little soon for Devin Haney? Potentially, but that's why you take the fight, we see. Um, and I say that because the one thing that Devin Haney hasn't shown is explosive knockout power. Nice. So whereas Teofimo has, so you're going to get that respect when you get in the ring with him, right? Um, I think it's a wonderful matchup. From a skill standpoint, I think it would be amazing to watch. Mm -hmm. But it does have the potential setup to be a boring fight if one of the two don't show up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Being that they're both very defensive. You know what I mean? So, you know, I love the fight. Um, I hope they're not just using each other's name to stay relevant. I certainly do think it's an option. If they were actually... If they actually sign on to this fight, I'm going to imagine it would have to be sometime in the summer. But it would probably be, probably in terms of talent alone, it would probably be a top five fight that could be made this year. Oh, hell yeah. And, and I think the conversation between Pac-Man and Ryan Garcia basically took everything off the table. Because, like, to your point, I would have never thought of Haney versus Loma. But we're at a stage in the game where everything seems possible now, right? So yeah. that is the best matchup that they can possibly make right now. So I'm, I'm all for it. But I'll be tight if I don't order a $70 pay-per-view and somebody ain't leaving on that stretcher. <laughs> right, big facts. So <laughs> we, um, we're talking about potential matchups. Andy Ruiz is now signed on for April 24th to fight Chris Ariola. What do you think about that matchup and what do you think the new, um, the, the new Andy Ruiz, you know, obviously being in shape. What do you think about that uh, potential matchup? Um, it'll be a snooze fest. It'll be a snooze fest. All eyes are on Andy Ruiz, right? Uh, first of all, I got to say I'm proud of him because it seems like he's dedicated. And right. he's in better shape now even than he was uh, against AJ. Like, I'm looking at him now. Like, he, his body fat percentage has dropped down a lot, right? And that goes to show you that if you're in Canelo's camp, Canelo said he's going to take one week off and he's back to working out. So when you see these other little guys behind him, like the Ryan Garcia, you know, and the Oscar Valdez and these guys, he's keeping them in, in line. Like, yo, if you're going to be yeah. in my gym, work, right? So Andy looks like he's been putting in the work. And he knows, again, this is a critical time in his career. You go out, everyone is jogging for position. Is AJ, Is Tyson Fury, all the other heavyweights line up underneath him. So all he got to do is go out, take care of business, and then let the dominoes pile where they pile. But from everything I've been seeing, man, I, I got to say I'm proud of this dude, man. What about you? Yeah, I think that him jumping into Eddie Reynoso's camp, like you said, with um, Canelo and all those boys who are all Mexican, so there's going to be um, you know, a bit of camaraderie in the gym that he maybe didn't have before, which can be very much motivating, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when you're around the greatest fighter right now, pound for pound. Um, and like you said, he's really in that top 10, top eight, um, heavyweight. So this fight is just going to put him back on track. And there's some other guys that he can potentially see after this, whether it's, uh, Otto Valin or a, um, Deontay Wilder, he's impressive, Yeah, you know? So I do think that, um, I do think it's, it's good for him to get in a fight that people may watch because it's going to be a Mexican versus a Mexican. Um, but he should win the fight. I don't think it should be, uh, much of a competition. 
he should get him out there within, you know, the first six to eight rounds. Because right. I can't tell you the last time Chris Ariola fought. Yo, these guys been taking, like, even uh, Avni, right? This dude didn't fight for two years, and the first time he came back to the ring, he had to fight Canelo. Like, like who, who, who signs off on that, bro? Yeah, like, man. So, I mean... So look, I think him being in shape talks about how he's being serious because with that second fight versus Joshua, it was very clear that my man was out here partying like no other, right? So, that's what was disappointing. Say that part again? I said, that's what was disappointing about that fight. It's not the fact that Andy didn't have the skills to win that second fight. He didn't come into shape. Yeah. He, he didn't give himself a chance to win. Flex. No. So we, we just want to see him be able to do that. All right, now, so um, in, some, in some more recent news, I think it came out yesterday that Zab Judah, your Brooklyn boy, yeah. um, has started a league. I don't think we have the name of the league yet, but it's basically a celebrity um, – boxing league where you can get at your rival right so if it's a sports rival or your name you know maybe you're an actor or you know or maybe it's um um you know sports media guys so i gotta ask you man if your dream matchup if you could to see two you know uh two i'll say famous people or two people with recognition get at each other who would it be for you i know i got mine all right first of all these fellas had issue. It has to be well over 20 years now, right? Oh, shit. It had major beef, right? This fight will do a million buys. I guarantee it. The only hurdle is for them to sign off on it. But my dream celebrity match is Ja Rule versus 50 Cent, all right? Oh, they done, shit! <laughs> they done stabbed Yo, each other. I didn't other, think he was going to go there. Right? They done shot at each other. <laughs> 50 done Josh's career. He called him a wankster. Yeah. These day, those fellas have not sat and down. They haven't talked. They haven't ironed anything out. Put them in the ring. Josh's not a small dude, too. Like, Josh's nah, not nah, tall, nah. but Josh's solid. And you know, 50 works out. All right. That will do a million buys. I want to see it once and for all. Winner gets the bragging rights. Yeah, I ain't going to lie, man. I think I don't even want to mention mine, but. That would literally be the best one. Cause yo, like real talk, like 50 got stabbed because of this dude, their beef. You know what I'm saying? Like they got some real <laughs> beef. Not like that, like, you know, like not some Twitter finger type shit. Like, oh, you know, I don't like you, whatever. Pull up and you know, they across the country. Pull up. Yeah. These boys have literally tried to kill each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm I'm tell you mine, right? And, and, and I feel like it's going to be like a, a deflating moment because that one was so good. I want to see okay. Barack Obama okay. put the paws on Donald motherfucking Trump. <laughs> That's what I want to see. I would love to see <laughs> Donald Trump versus Barack Obama. It would probably be the most polite. It would probably be like the, the, the wackest fight ever. <laughs> but at the same time, I would love to see it. I definitely would pay for it. Yo, Trump got some size on Barack, though. Yo, but they're, they're about the same height. But yeah, you're right. Like, Trump I think Trump probably might be like 280, 260 or something like that. Bro. Facts. Well, Obama might be a, he might, he might be, you know, if he's wet, he might be 185 pounds. Yo, that's a good one. I didn't even think about that one. That's yeah, a good I, one. I, that's because, you know, when I thought about like actors and athletes, I was like, man, that might be, you know, it might be too, I knew you might go in that direction. So I was like, let me think of, 
you know, something that might, you know, throw people off. But yeah, that's, I would go Barack Obama and Donald Trump, man. That's, that's a good one. That, real talk, that would probably uh, generate more ratings than, than the 50 Cent fight. I'll tell you what, I would love to see all those academics and, and, and <laughs> people that, you know, are like, you know, um, political components or, or whatever. Um, I would love to see if they, they would actually watch something like that, right? Because I'm sure a lot of them feel like it's a uh, barbaric sport. Bro, everyone is watching that, bro. Like, if everyone tuned in for the Nate Robinson fight, everyone is tuning in to see Barack fight Trump. Do you think this league yeah, that is one might do that might that one that one might do three million? Quick question: Do you think the league is gonna last? Because this is not the first time we've seen like a celebrity type boxing stuff. Uh, a lot of the times, this is a one-off event. But if Zab is confident that he can do this like a monthly thing, do you think he'll have a good chance of uh, being successful? Well, it does seem like it's going to be more of a league because they said they're going to have fights every 90 days, right? Okay. So I do like that. And I'm going to be honest with you, like ever since the big three was successful coming, um, yeah. you know, basically taking NBA stars after their career and, and, and having a, um, a league that people watch, they got endorsements behind it. They got, you know, national television time. Yeah. So that was really a, um, you know, indicator that there is a niche market for sports, Oh yeah. Um, so I think as long as they're getting the right guys, 50 Cent, Ja Rule, you know, stuff like that. Um, maybe Stephen A. Smith versus Skip Bayless type shit. Ooh, you know what I mean? Like it worked out. That, Skip and I, in that gym. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm saying, man. So I think that the idea is great because if you think about the whole YouTube thing, right? Like there's clearly a market for people who are not actual fighters. Facts. To fight and people will pay for it. You know what I mean? So is that first event gotta be, you know, he he gotta hit a home run with that first one. He gotta get the best, the best celebrities he can. They gotta put on an event just like uh Triller did. That first one has to set the tone. Yo, what about um Jose Canseco versus A-Rod? Yo, Jose Canseco just did something. He fought some bar stool guy. Oh, and... yeah, I see. And I didn't even I and now that you now that you brought that up, I remember that. But, he, but I know on Twitter, I think <laughs> I think um, Jose Canseco was like, good morning to everybody except A-Rod. Like, yeah. I would love to see them two go ahead and like literally, you know, go go at bat at each other. You know what I mean? No, that would like, yeah, we need some, we need some celebrities with some real beef out here. So I'm saying, I so to, to your point, to your question, I think that it really can be something that people will tune into as long as they get the right matchups. And the other thing too, don't do this five, six, seven card thing. Maybe do three, four. Mm -hmm. And have a three, like all of them hitters. Like you want to watch all three or four of those fights. With performances in between? Ah, man. You know what? Like I, I told you this with the whole thriller thing. Like I'm not into the performances. Yeah. But you've seen Canelo Alvarez is now getting a little bit more, you know, performance-based in the sense of that when he's coming out, he got singers and Jay fire Brown. and fireworks and all that. So, he, yo, he's starting to become a little bit more of a performer at this stage of his career. So I can see a bit of that. Um, listen, I think if it's done the right way, it certainly could be tasteful and be a compliment to the to the show. Um, but it can't be like, to the point where you're like, okay, all right, when's the next fight? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, um, that's episode 16. You know what I mean? Jane, Gene, let them know where they can catch us. You're, you can find us on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud. 
and you can watch the videos on YouTube. Uh, we have our small section of videos as well. I created a playlist where you can watch our one to two minute videos and the full episode will be on YouTube as well. So like, share, subscribe. Yeah. Peace. Yeah.